Hey, it's Amy. Um, two things to keep your eyes peeled for, and by eyes I mean ears, because it's a podcast. In this episode, Steph is going to reveal some really good news. She's going to share it. It's great, but we kind of bury it in the middle of the episode, and we don't really mention it in the beginning. So I just wanted to tell you, definitely tune in to hear what's up with Steph. And we're also debuting our brand new Rats theme song that is so freaking good. And it was written by Jessica Boudreau of Summer Cannibals, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So tune in for those things and more right now. Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. Though we try to make Cancer for Breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. (laughs) Hello, Cancer for Breakfast. That's us. I'm Amy. I'm Steph. What's going on, Steph? Hi. Hi. There is so much going on for both of us. Tell me. Do you want to start? I would love to start. Just jump right in. I'll do it. Um, So I don't know if you all remember, but I had to have a bone biopsy to see what the deal is with the metastatic lesions in my spine. Um, I have these lesions in a few places on my spine and on two of my ribs. Um, and so I guess just to be like super careful because they obviously don't want to tell you, you have metastatic cancer and then have the lesions be some other Mm -hmm. weird disease. They go in there and they want to verify. And also it gets you good information about the, um, composition of the tumor and, uh, you can get like genetic information and all kinds of cool stuff. And I was part of this clinical trial, um, And the process was kind of miserable. And so, um, you know, I went and they like dug around in my spine. It was super painful. And um, I was figuring like, oh, it's all totally worth it because we're going to get all this great information and it's in the name of science. Can you back up a little bit? Because I do know some of this story. And when you say they dug around in my spine... You're forgetting to talk about the grunting. Oh, the grunting. So you can't see what's happening because you're just on your belly. And the doctors are behind you. And they're literally digging in your spine. We just lost 75 listeners. (laughs) They're like, stop, done. Okay, okay. We're going to get right through this part of it. Don't worry. You cannot feel it, really. It's like when you get a tooth drilled, you know, like you can feel the pressure, you know, something's going on, but it's not painful. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's weird, you know, like knowing your spine is is being dug in. And then to add to the weirdness is the fact that the radiologist was standing behind me grunting his ever loving heart out. 
Mm. Like just he was digging a fucking ditch. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was going to town. He on, is putting in a hard day's work. Yeah. I was waiting for a really long time on these results and like so long. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like it became weird how because, you know, like what's the normal amount of time for biopsy results? Like four days, maybe a week, maybe a week if there's a holiday. Right. But like it was like two months and I kept being asking my oncologist like, hey, Rach, what's going on? Two months. Did you guys hear that? Two months. And okay. so she was like, um, yeah, we just like haven't gotten any great info yet. We'll then check on it. people were out with COVID. Like there was some COVID, you know, event. There was some COVID pandemic or something, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard about it yet, but there's like a global pandemic. No, it was like <laughs> it was in inside the lab, I guess, the pathology lab. Everybody got COVID. COVID. was inside the lab. I was lab. calling from okay. inside the lab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, were out for a while, and I don't know. Anyway, I just kept getting the runaround. But my oncologist was, like, legitimately flummoxed also. And so finally, I hear about it, and she's like, yeah, um, the sample was crushed on retrieval. The sample was crushed on on retrieval. Like maybe if you hadn't been grunting so much, buddy, you They crushed your sample. Yeah, on retrieval. It wasn't even like okay, whatever. You, you know, I've been I've I've messed up at work before and like maybe you get it out and you trip and you drop it and you think, "Oh, it's going to be fine. I'll just put it in this petri dish and nobody'll notice." Yeah. But no, it was like I guess he just dug it out and crunched it. I don't even know. My so this is what my oh, nurse practitioner says I to me when she's trying to explain. She's trying to explain it to me. And she's like, well, we, we are confident that it's cancer in your spine. But the test uh, didn't give us any conclusive results. So it's like when you see a sandwich smushed in the street, you can say with relative certainty that it's positive for a sandwich but you cannot say with any certainty that it's positive for a salami sandwich versus a turkey sandwich or something like that i don't remember the specific sandwiches she used but i was just like listen number one i don't know what kind of big city bullshit this it is this is but i don't see sandwiches smushed in the street (laughs) fair and number two Like, don't you guys make, like, a million dollars a year or something? And also, how did it take two months for someone to actually say those words to your freaking face? Like, Like, you know it didn't take two months for them to realize that the tissue was damaged. Like, they realized that day three or four, and I don't know. Yeah. It just pisses me off. And it's just unacceptable. And when did they realize it was damaged? Did the guy, the grunter, did he He, realize upon retrieval that he had crushed it and then think, oh, I've already just like dug in and put her through the ringer. So I'm not going to tell her to lay back down and do this again. Or maybe he gave the whole path lab COVID just to hide his mistake. You know what? He probably did. (laughs) But nonetheless, they accept that, I mean, 
We're like that literally back Asian where is. we started. They're yeah, like, but they they didn't get to have all the good info from that test. That yeah, that was the bummer. I was really excited to get some of this genetic information, and you know, I had signed up for this clinical trial that needed it too. So, um, so now you don't get to do the clinical trial. I don't think I don't. Yeah, I don't think that my sample is going to be eligible for it, which sucks. You know, like sucks for them. That does suck. Um, so Steph, you also have some really big news. I do. I have some really big good news and I can't wait to tell you about it. But, um, first I want to know what's going on with you. (gasps) Make him wait. I love it. Torture. (laughs) She really does have good news. Um, but I, I will tell you sort of a weird story. Um, before that, if you would like to hear it. So like, there's just something that has been kind of going on behind the scenes for a few months with me. Um, so also we're not always going to talk about ourselves during these podcasts, but But, we are catching up on what's been going on. So, um, Steph knows, and I think we've mentioned somewhere in an episode or two, how I am like, just so paranoid about Mm -hmm anything going on in my body and I've had all of these um areas of pain in my body that were had no explanation and I've you know I'm just like constantly at my doctor or my oncologist being like well my this part of my leg feels really sore and it seems to have not gone away in, in a very long time and she's just like yeah you don't get breast cancer in your calf and I'm like but it's been been very painful for quite a while you know so I've been doing this stuff but but I'm not lying like my calf was painful for a very long time I just want to say to you that it is not paranoid like maybe it's kind of paranoia but it's also completely valid because these are real feelings like they keep me up at night and that's what they tell you. They say cancer keeps you up at night. The pain won't go away sometimes. And you're and on all these meds hurts. that like, yes, tamoxifen increases your risk of stroke. That's just a true fact. It's also a very yeah. valuable medication, but it's smart of you to be worried about when your calf hurts or whatever. Like, I just want to yeah. say I'm on your team. I'm team. Call your doctor for I, literally anything. Yeah. It's it's just been crazy, and I'm not going to go into all the different things because it's boring, and, and who cares? But, you know, I had, like, this weird chest pain. And, you know, I have, like, radiation scarring in my lung, and I was feeling that. And I've had, you know, my rib hurts, but that's a surgical problem that I'm having. Yeah. It's But, you know, like, your chest, your lungs, your ribs, those are all places breast cancer goes right. when it moves. So for me, like... Those pains are really awful. And so back in, I think, September, I found another lump. Um, so this is like in a different area in the same breast. It's way smaller, but it like it feels the same. It sings like my original breast cancer did. Mm-hmm. And it like it ached. And it was just like this really, really creepy feeling. Like to me, breast cancer just felt so creepy. It's hard to explain, uh-huh. but that's yeah. my descriptor. Um so I was like, fuck, dude. So I show my oncologist and um, she's like, OK, I feel what you mean. It's probably nothing. But your mammogram and ultrasound is supposed to be next month anyway. So, like, let's just do it now. Did you tell um, her to save that it's probably nothing for some sweet summer child who doesn't know <laughs> <yeah>. any better? 
<laughs> yes. I mean, I'm sure at least with my eyes, I did tell her that. Um, so, so anyway, I get the mammogram and then I'm like, sure. I'm just in for a repeat of all of this shit, you know, and I'm totally terrified. And like, we do an ultrasound and then the radiologist comes in and is just like, listen. And of course I'm like, oh, the radiologist, that's a bad sign. But she actually came in because she wanted to feel, because she's like, I'm not seeing anything. Like, I just want to make sure I'm feeling what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But she's just like, there's nothing there. It's all just like very normal radiation changes. You know, I'm not seeing cancer. And I'm like, okay, um, but like, do you see this lump? Because you feel it. Like, do you see it and say, that's that's a lump, but that's not it. And she's just like, no, but I'm not seeing cancer. But you do have really dense breasts. So like, if you're super worried, you can ask your oncologist to order you an MRI. So I do that. Like, mm-hmm. there's this just like keeps going and going. And I am just like, oh, these idiots just give me my cancer diagnosis already. <laughs> um, so I do the MRI and that's fine too. Um, so that's just like good enough for them. But like this little lumpy bitch is still aching and it's like creeping me out. And so, uh, so, okay, here's what I'm getting at. Um, essentially because I'm like so PTSD about yeah my wrong diagnosis originally like yeah totally yeah yeah I lost like 13 months so I'm like I'm not fucking around here um and so I tell my oncologist I was like listen I'm never gonna be able to sleep again if I don't get an actual biopsy of this and she's like you can't biopsy something they can't see on an ultrasound (laughs) and I was like oh she's like but I mean you could see a breast surgeon and have them you know since we can feel it a breast surgeon might be able to like just go in there and yeah do it I'm like fucking sign me up so I go see (laughs) a breast surgeon note this is a little foreshadowing not a plastic (laughs) surgeon a breast surgeon. A breast surgeon. <laughs> okay, so I see this breast surgeon, and she's basically like, dude, you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> um, and she's like, I'm not doing a biopsy. There's, like, nothing to biopsy. This is regular breast tissue. Um, and, I mean, that's totally great. And I, you know, my story's not quite over. I, I just want to say I believe her, and she explained it well enough, and I get it yeah. now. And it stopped aching. It's chill. But yeah. <laughs> some weird shit <laughs> went down, though, in this appointment with this woman, which is kind of what I'm getting at here. OK. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How, how creepy, though, to just feel that lump and I know be right back where you started. I, yeah. Especially like it's exactly how it feels like you you guys don't have breast cancer. You don't know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, so well, I'm, I'm glad that it was okay. I'm glad that they say you're fine. Yeah. And so as she's feeling my left breast, she stops and she goes, and have you seen a plastic surgeon? <laughs> and I go, no. <laughs> and she goes, okay. And then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, my boobs are so fucked up. That she thinks I've had plastic surgery and she's a surgeon and she can't even tell because like they feel so weird to her. Maybe, you know, maybe it was the opposite, Amy. Maybe they were (laughs) so magnificent that she wanted to send a card of appreciation. I mean, which plastic surgeon have you been seeing? (laughs) No. So I was just like, okay, my boobs are 
so weird. She doesn't even know what they are. They're, they're, they're not human. Um, and so then she sits me down and very nicely hands me a printout of breast tissue and, you know, like your, um, ducks and lobes and, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. And, and she says like, you know, I feel a few other of these same lumps. You, you have these in your breasts, your breasts are changing as you're getting older and you're doing hormone therapy and you're going to expect lumps and you have one on your right side. And I was like, I know I have one on my right side, but it doesn't sting and feel like breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, breast cancer, like it feels really creepy mm-hmm. and stingy and it kind of hurts. And she goes, creepy creepy let's use a word we both understand and i was like um i bid you I, good day ma'am <laughs> what you said it was so weird and then i was like i don't i don't know like that's all i can say is just like you touch it you could feel it it still hurts it is just in your body you know it's not supposed to be and she's just like she was actually very nice but she was like you know breast cancer doesn't hurt hmm. and i was like yeah, it it does because mine did. And she's like, no, no, breast cancer doesn't hurt. Mm. Like people cannot actually feel cancer in their breast. How many times has she had cancer? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Surgeon, if that's even your real name. <laughs> um, But then I realized... That the stinging I was feeling in this little lump in my breast that has been determined to be non-cancerous, it's the tissue around it that feels the way my lump felt. Yeah. And my lump, what I was feeling wasn't the cancer. It was the tissue around it that was stinging. And I was having that feeling it wasn't the actual cancer. So having that kind of explained to me... First of all, blew my mind because how have I been in this game for over a year now and nobody has told me once that actual breast cancer doesn't hurt. That's not what's causing the aches and pains that some people have. Other people don't feel a thing. I don't know, man. I feel like like this is like saying a broken leg doesn't hurt. It's the muscles around the broken bone that hurt you know something like that like your your breast wouldn't be hurting if the cancer wasn't i know that's what i was thinking when she was saying this bullshit to me but i think the the takeaway from it is you can have that same feeling and have it not be cancer like you can have radiation changes in your breast that cause different lumps and different things and hormonal changes that cause lumps that do the same thing to your tissue um but to me i was like i know this feeling i know who's (laughs) in there and it's not good Mm -hmm. um anyway but but seriously the reason i share this story is because i know for listeners who are quote unquote no evidence of disease or have finished active treatment you know your friends and your family you know they all think you're done and you're cured and you've moved on. But yeah. like, this is the type of stuff that's frequently going on behind the scenes or like, you know, it is your rib hurting forever or, yeah. you know, you get a weird scan and it just sends you through the ringer and it's really hard. And so I don't know. I just wanted to kind of like share that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But then, oh, I forgot to tell you the, the, the <laughs> plastic surgeon part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then she goes, so do you want to see a plastic surgeon? Because I think you'd be a really good candidate for doing some fat injections into your left breast to make it more even with your right breast because you lost some mass there. Yeah. In my lumpectomy, I lost some mass. Sure, of course. I have talked about how beautiful my breasts still are. Mm-hmm. Any Anytime anyone will listen, <laughs> they're slightly crooked. My nipples a little bit cockeyed, if you must know. It's okay. But I, I've never given a shit. Kevin doesn't give a shit. I, it's fine. No, nobody cares. But as soon as she said these words to me, I said, yes, I would like yeah. to see a plastic surgeon. Why not? And then I saw the plastic surgeon and he told me I was beyond repair. (laughs) He was like, I don't think, I don't think that fat injections, your skin's too tight. I don't think we could do it. And so, yeah. That is, that's insulting. But you know what I also did? Because I'm a psycho. What? She had recommended two plastic surgeons that I could see. Yeah. And so I made another appointment with a second one that's like two months from now because she's so booked out. Even though I don't even care the fact that he told me that that I was beyond repair. I'm like, oh, well, let's see what this other person says. Just because, I don't know. I fully support second opinions in any and all situations. But yeah, I... I don't understand how a plastic surgeon could say that. Like, he didn't say those words. I'm being like a little bit of a were dick. Not mauled off by a dog. I mean, I mean, they do look that way, which to <laughs> me is very sexy. Um, but it's not true. Don't say that. People are going to be like, wait, they said a lump back to me was. Was going to be. It's unrecognizable. No, it's fine. His his argument really was that the skin it's too tight from radiation. The lower part of my breast radiation made it too tight, and that it would take like three or four fat injection surgeries to do, and then after that, to move my nipple up would be a whole nother one. Or he could do a big fat graft, which would be a very major and even more major than. My initial surgery. What happened to the? Uh, doesn't he have a line on the cadaver skin that Sam oh, talked about in that in our letters letter? episode? I should ask him. I heard you had dead bodies. <laughs> now is my breast worth it or is it not? Because I have another appointment with a different plastic surgeon. Um. Anyway, so that's that's my thing. Now I'm getting plastic surgery. Um, if this lady says I can, just kidding. I don't know. I, I actually would do it if it's not super invasive and it's just injecting a little bit of fat. It's, it's way different than like lumpectomy or anything. Yes. But reconstruction is paid for. You know, it should be after you meet your out of pocket mm-hmm. maximum and, and you hit your deductible reconstruction in the United States is free. Yeah. Thank, I believe President Bill Clinton signed that into law. God bless him. Um, Steph, I want to hear um, a little bit about some news you have. I do have some news. This is the best part of the episode. 
Um, okay, so I was diagnosed September 1st of 2020. Um, and then I uh, was diagnosed as metastatic later in the month. So um, my diagnosis date is the 1st of September. And I got onto a couple of meds pretty quickly after that. But then some things had to happen. I had to fully go into menopause with my um, injection and the oral meds that I was taking. And so I didn't start my actual first full, you know, full first line treatment until um, about three months ago. Now it's like four months ago. But um, you get these like quarterly scans when you're metastatic. And so um, my three months came and went and it was time for my scans. And I honestly was like not optimistic about this at all. I had really internalized what my oncologist had said about chemo not being super effective for my particular type of cancer because I have invasive lobular carcinoma and it's grade one and that's the slowest growing. So basically the way she explained it to me was it it grows and shrinks at the same rate with infusion style chemotherapy. So you would have to be on the infusion chemo for like a super long time mm. and your body can't handle that. And so I was thinking like best case scenario would be no progression, but like I was I was really prepared for like the worst. Um, and instead my oncologist walked into my appointment and was like, your scans look great. Yes. <laughs> and um, she was so excited. She was like, I, these are even better than I hoped they would be. Um, wow. There were a bunch of spots on my spine that they hadn't um noticed before because it's like one cell here one cell there and they just don't show up until they've healed over and then they show up on the scans so none of my spine mets are active anymore um my breast healed yeah yeah like it's wild Uh, they could become active again i think you know like I still am in that place where I'm like, don't give me too much information. Like, I just want to stop at the good for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but my breast tumor, which was 16 centimeters, like that is a monster tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, it shrank and it's also not showing as active anymore. My lymph nodes cleared. I How still have big is the breast tumor now. Um, it was it's four centimeters. That's amazing. Right. Like bonkers. I had no idea that was possible. So um, the holdout is my rib. um, And even that still shrank. So it was like unbelievably good news. God, I love it. It was just really, it was surprising to me. And it was really great news because I honestly haven't gotten any good news. Like, yeah, it's been six months now since I was diagnosed and it's just been this like constant, Oh, you have breast cancer. Oh, it's way worse than we thought it was. Oh, it's even worse than that. (laughs) So, um, so this was just, it was big cancer win. Yeah. Big, big win. Um, and obviously things can change, but I'm just holding on to that that look on my oncologist's face where she was like so stoked to tell me it was so sweet I love it yeah and also if if you had received 
news that it wasn't as good and you did have to go to your second line of treatment. Yes, there are new side effects to worry about, but you could then have that really good news at the second line of treatment that you could stay on for years too. But I mean, what a pain in the ass that would have been to have to go through, especially so soon after everything you've gone through. So I'm so happy that you got such wonderful news. And I hope to God that you just get to keep cruising through with the treatment you're adjusted to. I sure hope so. And doing for a long ass time. Yeah, that would be really nice. And I, you know, I hesitate sometimes to share the wins because not everybody gets good news. I know. And um, there was a really interesting conversation in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in about ringing the bell. And right. somebody was asking like, hey, when do you get to ring the bell? Is it like after you're done with chemo or after you're done with radiation? And I really appreciated how a bunch of people jumped in to say like, I chose not to ring the bell. Yeah. Um, or my my center doesn't have a bell. Um, right. You know, because like some people just never get the chance. And they're sitting in the same yeah. maybe chemo room with somebody who's ringing the bell and is so happy and they are hearing that knowing that they are not going to ring the bell. And like 90% I'm stoked for you that you're done. You know, like it's, I, there really is this overwhelming sense of goodwill in the cancer community where like you want everybody to do well. Sure. Um, but then there is that like little voice that's like, boo-hoo me I don't get to do it also while you're getting chemo having to you know what I mean like it's like one thing if you like hear something on the radio that kind of triggers you or if you were like reading an article and but yeah to be sitting in your chair in the most cancery position of all and then yeah yeah I get it we didn't have a bell nobody even said anything my last chemo I just like walked out of the room and at radiation, I walked out and they blew bubbles oh. on me, which was nice because it was quiet. Yeah. And it was like celebratory. And then the nurse cried, which was very oh, sweet. Oh, that's nice. <sighs> that's really sweet. Well, anyway, I am very, very happy with that news. And we'll keep you guys updated on everything we just talked about. But I want to read a letter. Um, let me see if I can find it. Okay. Amy, do you do, do you do voices when you read to Josie? Cause you have a really <laughs> like just character full voice and I'm always envious of people like that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a good children's book reader. If I you, you want to put me on the spot <laughs> about it, I can read a children's book. All right. She likes it. She comes back for more. <laughs> <laughs> we have a good time. Okay, I've got a letter. Um, okay, so this says, Hi, girls. Hi. I have a story for you. It's a little long. I hope that's okay. Sure. It is. It's okay. I am five months into ACT chemo for triple negative breast cancer, currently doing Taxol weekly, and I am done with chemo next week. Woo! Yay! I can't believe it. Besides being extremely tired all the time, I've been feeling pretty good. Aside from the toxic drugs being pumped into my body weekly. Mm -hmm. Girl, we feel you. 
I am feeling okay. Over these five months, I have begun to really think about how I want to live my life differently moving forward, which is good. I definitely don't want to work a million hours like I've always done. So my boyfriend and I decided to buy a camper and start doing more adventuring and working less. Yes. Awesome. I love it. I'm going to steal her idea. Um, so last week we took the camper and our dog Chico and we went to relax in the wilderness between chemo treatments. We were having the most lovely time in the Olympic Peninsula. Spent Thursday in the Ho Rainforest, H-O-H Rainforest. Yeah. Um, then went to the coast on Friday morning. Everything lovely. We love the camper. It's super sweet for venturing. Then Friday afternoon, we decided to go really deep into the wilderness to hopefully find less people and some space for our pup to run. We have been training and practicing with our dog being on the leash and hiking around. However, he had only been off the leash for about five minutes. We got into some really dense part of the woods near the river and he vanished. No. All caps on vanished <gasps> with three exclamation points. We couldn't hear anything because of the sound of the river and the forest was so dense. We couldn't see him. There's basically no light getting into the forest floor. It went from magical to feeling like a literal nightmare. We searched and searched. I saw some cliffs that we obviously weren't expecting. My heart just dropped. Oh, no. I was sure he fell off of a cliff. The rainforest floor is so soft and the edges fall really easily. This person is definitely and- not writing in to tell us about the time her dog fell off a cliff, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> Would I do that to you? I don't know. You just might. Um, I have previewed this letter. That's your only hint. Okay. Um, let's see. The river was moving very fast in this particular spot. We started frantically yelling and calling and whistling, and he was she nowhere. Back. My heart shattered. And then it turned dark within 30 minutes. We searched with headlamps. And we got lost ourselves and it started pouring down rain. We just hoped that he would return to camp, but we had only been at camp for a few minutes. So he didn't know, even know the camp yet. It was just so tragic. I nearly threw myself in the river because I couldn't live with the idea that he died because I let him off the leash. Ugh. I love the drama in that last sentence. Thank you for that. Okay. This is a rescue dog we fostered but fell in love with and adopted. He was scared of anyone and everything except for me for some reason. He follows me around the house all day. I was diagnosed a few months after adopting him and he's been at my side every second of cancer. He cuddles me nonstop and has always been so, so sweet to me. I've always wondered if he knew I had cancer. I wonder this about my dog too. Sorry to interject. Yes, 100%. Me too. When I read that, I yes. thought I was like, oh, I thought that too. She says, though, and I haven't researched this, so take this however you will. I have since read that dogs can smell breast cancer, so who Ooh. knows? I don't know, you guys, if that's true or not. But she she read it, so it's <laughs> it's somewhere you can read. Um, I said it to Kevin. I was like, do you think Rollo knows, knew I had breast cancer and that's why he's always been so nice to me? And Kevin just looked at me and he started laughing. He's like, I think that he just really loves you. And I was like, okay. You're, but, the, you're the tallest dog in the pack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and then she very sweetly says, anyway, it's clear that he rescued me and not oh, the other way around. Oh, Chico. Okay. 
So here it's it's almost over, you guys. Don't don't um I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm okay. ready to throw myself in the river. Okay. So listen, she says, we couldn't sleep or eat. As soon as there was the tiniest amount of light in the sky, we started searching everywhere. I was climbing mountains I had no business climbing, was struggling to climb the stairs in my house without being winded before we left. I had so much adrenaline. My body was doing incredible things. In a forest of 130,000 acres next to another forest, even larger, the only business for 30 miles was a prison, the Olympic Correction Facility in the Ho Rainforest. What? A prison? Yeah. It's the only thing within 30 miles. So we searched all day and then all that night in the dark. We had called the correctional facility, told them the situation, left our number. We made posters. We knocked on doors 10 miles away that said no trespassing. I'm sorry. I have to imagine them putting posters like in the middle of the forest. And I love it. I mean, I, I think... I think she means in the nearby town. I know, but just let me have that vision. You can have that. I mean, I just. Okay. Okay. Um, Don't kick her while she's down. Okay. Her dog. No, I'm. Okay. Um, So just begging for help from anyone or for them to call if there are any sightings. When daylight on Sunday disappeared, we cried our way out of the forest, started driving home. I had to be at the hospital on Monday. I was planning to go back after chemo and continue the search man and when we returned to cell service um we had a message from the prison (gasps) that they had just seen him running around and they thought he was still in the area so we drove back there as fast as we can and a sergeant escorted us to where he'd seen him last and there he was 50 hours later and just as we were leaving He was so freaked. The prison guards couldn't catch him. He was just too scared. But once he heard my voice, he just froze and let me approach him and started freaking out and ran to the camper, ran to my boyfriend, ran back to me. Um, Let's see. We got in the camper and sobbed our eyes out and loved on him. Gave him a huge dinner and some chicken. He was just so hungry. And then he passed out the whole ride home. I'm guessing he didn't sleep a second out there. Anyway, I've never been so relieved in all my life. I cried for the majority of the 50 hours he was missing from Friday at 3.30 to Sunday at 5.30. And for being five months into chemo, wow, my body was incredible when we were hiking. Like adrenaline is really one crazy drug. My body was doing things that were challenging for my boyfriend who is in relatively good shape and not doing chemo. There were times I had to push myself to climb vertical mountainsides, but nothing was going to keep me. I had to find my sweetest boy. So that's what I just dealt with. And I'm just feeling so much relief that it ended up okay. It was such a surreal experience. I definitely need this dog. And I'm glad that I have him back. Oh. From Zia. My God. That was cool. That was like a real story. That was a wild ride. Yeah. I am ready to start the Chico fan club. I want t-shirts with this dog's picture on them. I love that she bought a camper. I love that she's one week out from chemo. So I just wanted to like shout those two items out to her again before they get buried in the missing dog part of the story. Um, Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that's the only letter 
that I'm going to read today just because it was a long one. It was a doozy. It was a real doozy. Who could follow that? (laughs) Um, But yeah, some days we'll do long ones. Some days we'll do short ones with multiple. So feel free to send us whatever you want of any length. Don't Mm -hmm. feel like you have to write a novel like we just read. But yeah. Um, Anyway, how about some? Oh, oh, oh my God. Do you hear that? Do you hear that sweet sound? I is that is that our theme song? Our new rats theme song, you guys. I'm freaking out. So this wonderful, wonderful musician who lives in Portland, um, who is actually going through breast cancer treatment right now. Yeah. She just finished chemo and she is about to start radiation. Um, or actually, she's getting her surgery and then radiation, I believe. Anyway, I digress. Jessica Boudreau, she's the singer of this really cool band called Summer Cannibals that's in town. They're awesome. Um, she wrote us this freaking Rats theme song. It is so good. I can't even believe how good it is. So good. We're so excited for you to hear it. Here it is. like I have to give a little bit of space for all of us to absorb that that song. Mm-hmm. Um, as a little intro, I would like to mention that this was really cool. We talked about the CAR T-cell therapy um, mm-hmm. in a previous episode. That's the chimeric antigen receptor therapy. And it's been a really like groundbreaking thing. And um, one of the lead scientist on that project. His name is Carl June, and he was just awarded the 2021 Dan David Prize um, for his work with the CAR T-cell therapy, and he got a $1 million endowment to continue his research, and um, it's specifically for outstanding contributions that improve the future. So um, just, you know, funding for cancer research and and all of that stuff is so important and i know that it's taken a really big hit during coronavirus um Mm -hmm. the funding is kind of drying up and there's no (laughs) there are no advancements without funding um and so that million dollars hopefully will go a long way toward you know making that car t-cell therapy more available for a wider range of applications so wait awesome way to go dr carl june yeah and how timely, since we did just talk about that. I know, so right? Cool. Yeah. Good update. So um, the actual study that I I wanted to mention, um, it well, I guess it's not so much a study, but it is a, it's a news tidbit. So um, the ASCO, which is um, like Society of Oncology, they put out their... Um, their briefing on like the most exciting progress in um, the whole realm of, of cancer, you know, cancer study, cancer research, all of that. And um, 
I thought this was really timely because March is uh, Colon Cancer Awareness Month. And um, the ASCO report on progress has highlighted progress against GI cancers, which include um, esophagus, stomach, small bowel, um, gallbladder, the biliary tract, pancreas, colon, rectum, and anus. So all of those cancers are um, part of the the GI cancer. Um, they're under that umbrella. And so that's been named the advancement of the year for 2020. Um, for molecular profiling, um, there was a pretty significant advancement in learning about HER2 positive GI cancers. Um, and it's the same type of antibody drug conjugate that we talked about previously. And I described as like a really intense tongue kiss. Mm-hmm. So um, it's this, it's the same kind of thing that they're doing for treating breast cancer that they're using um, to treat colon cancer too, um, which I thought was really interesting. I was yeah. not aware that there was also a HER2 positive GI cancer subset. So that's neat. Um, and there's been a lot of progress in treating both early stage and late stage uh, GI cancers, as well as really difficult to treat ones. So, um, you know, in the breast cancer realm, that's like inflammatory breast cancer and triple negative and triple positive. But um, the GI cancer umbrella has a lot of those difficult to treat ones, too. And it looks like the ASCO is just really excited about the research that happened in 2020 across the board for these GI cancers. Um, And so that was really neat to read. And um, if you want to read about it, read their paper on it. It's um, at ASCO.org slash CCA. And um, just super timely because March being Colon Cancer Awareness Month, um, I don't, you know, necessarily love the themed months, but the fact of the matter is that's when a lot of mm-hmm. organizations make their money. And um, yeah. I also wanted to mention that if you follow us on Instagram, you might have noticed that I had posted about a gal who was um, really excited, actually, to come on the podcast and uh, talk about this HIE therapy that she had been advocating for herself to receive. Um, she had stage four colon cancer. Um, her name's Lindsay. And um, she unfortunately passed away in February. And um, I just, you know, wanted to shout her out. Um, mm-hmm. If you are somebody who has a really dire diagnosis and um, you're learning about therapies that aren't available everywhere, um, you know, advocate for yourself. Be a badass like Lindsay was and, you know, do what you have to do to, you know, try to get the best care for yourself that you can, um, including, you know, just learning as much as you can about uh, what is available out there, even if it sounds crazy and sounds um on, you know, it, to my mind, all of this, like taking your T cells out and running them through machines and making them extra powerful and putting them back into your body. Like that sounds like some kind of superhero shit. I don't know, but, um, it's being done. And, um, Lindsay was just such a great example of going the extra mile to learn and, um, and really try for her, her best outcome. So, 
Uh, March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Um, you can find any number of places to donate to colon cancer research. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm excited for, for folks with all of these cancers that there are really exciting things happening Yeah, in the fight to Thank cure them. Thank you for telling us all about that. Yeah. Good job. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's that. That is that. Thank you guys for listening so much. Please share it with your friends. Yeah. Rate it. Uh, subscribe if you would like to do that. And we'll see you on the internet. You know, follow us on Instagram. We post stuff in the stories. We're kind of goofballs over there. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. We like to interact. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks for tuning in to Cancer for Breakfast. Yes. We'll see you next time. Play us out, keyboard cat. <laughs> Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivere. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.